Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. It's, uh, man, we could just dismiss right now. It's just been good to be at Victory today, has it not? I mean, the, the Word's already been preached uh, through the communion and the Scripture that was read there and wonderful singing today and a great time of uh, fellowship. Um, so I've been thinking, okay, it's, it's 1130. Service is supposed to be almost over by this time. And, uh, and I'm just now up to preach. So I want you to know that we went long today and it wasn't because I've already preached for 45 minutes, Okay. So I'm thinking, okay, what can I whittle out of this message today to break this thing down just to give you the skeleton of it? And I'm going to cut quite a bit out of it, but I'm going to give you the gist of it. Uh, We're in our fifth week on studying what it is to be a confident parent. I know sometimes that's an oxymoron, but I believe there are some biblical principles that we can apply to our life that can help us uh, in parenting. Today the lesson is on discipline and grace. Uh, how we can parent with discipline and grace. And once again, for those that, that do not have any kids, don't, don't check out on me because I promise you that day will come soon enough and you're going to be, um, you're, you're going to turn around one day and you're going to think, man, what do I do now? You know, you're going to try to get scrambling to get all the answers. And I think there's a, there's a tremendous op- opportunity for those that are here that do not have children to glean from those that do and to learn from them so that you won't have to make a lot of the same mistakes that I have made uh, down through the years. And so today we're going to be talking about discipline and about grace. I want you, if you will, to open up your Bibles to Proverbs. Let's, let's go to 22.6. I was going to start in 29.17 and work my way uh, in and around through a few other scriptures, but uh, I'm just going to start whittling some of this away and uh, just try to get to the, to the heart of the matter and talk a little bit about discipline or parenting with discipline and with grace. Uh, as Jim Burns said in the, uh, the video earlier this morning in our, in our Bible study time, sometimes that's a hard balance, is it not? Uh, to, to balance the discipline with the grace in parenting. Uh, you know, because kids will be kids, right? They're going to mess up. They're going to do some things. And they're probably going to catch you at one of your weakest moments. They're going to catch you off guard and when you're very uh, vulnerable and when you almost can succumb to doing things or reacting in a way that you know you should not be reacting and, and parenting in a way that you know you should not be parenting. But uh, it, it's just amazing how sometimes all that just works together and, and sometimes you, you leave that scenario or you leave that situation thinking, man, I just blew it. How many have ever done that? I guess we all have. But you know what God has done? He's given you as a parent a tremendous opportunity to learn from that, to turn around and ask your children to forgive you and to reestablish that relationship even stronger than it was prior to. Amen? You've got to realize that through our failures and through us making mistakes is really some wonderful teaching times when God grows us the most. 
Is that not true? You know, I think about my failures. I think about the valleys I walk through. I think about the hard places that I get through. You know what all that is? That's really growing pains. That's God growing us and maturing us in His Word and in our faith in Him. And so, I guess, look at the positive side of that instead of all the, the negative side of it and realize that God's still sovereign. He's still on the throne. He's still in charge. He's still in control. He loves your child more than you love your child. Amen? And he has great plans for your child. Those are his children, right? He has great plans for them. He has great plans for all of us. And so bring God into the mix and things start looking a whole lot better. I was just doing some counseling yesterday and, and uh, the, the couple that I, or the individual that I was counseling with had totally left God out of the entire scenario. And I heard all the everything going on and this and that and the other and, and it went on and on and on. And finally I said, you know, I, I got a novel idea. Why don't we bring God into this thing and see what God has to say? And, and, and when I just started sharing some scripture and putting God in the middle of the scenario, light bulbs started, that's a good idea. Well, yeah, I never thought about that. And, and that's that. And it wasn't me. I was just bringing scripture to the situation and bringing God into it. You got to realize, God, even in, parent, your guys, even in parenting, God is sovereign. He's still on the throne. He, he's got a wonderful plan for you and your family and your children and for you as an individual. And so let's just, sometimes we just need to take our hands off of it and just give it over to God, right? You know, whoever, uh, you may, I saw it growing up a lot. I don't know that I see it a whole lot anymore. Mainly in North Carolina I saw it because you didn't have to have uh, a state license plate on the front of your vehicle. You could put any kind of plate you wanted on the front of your vehicle down south. Here, of course, you've got to have both plates on front and back, so uh, you, you lose some of that opportunity. But down home, I used to remember always seeing a lot of times on the front plate of some cars, or cars going by, God is my co-pilot. Or maybe you've seen it as a bumper sticker. I understand what they're saying, but that's wrong. He shouldn't be the co-pilot. He should be the pilot, right? And, and we're just saying, okay, God, lead me, guide me, drive me, direct me in the way that you want me to go in my life. So we're talking a little bit about discipline and grace. Let, let's look in Proverbs 22, 6. The Bible says, teach a youth or train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let's pray. Father, we need you this morning. Thank you for your presence that we already feel here in this place. And thank you for the worship experience that has already taken place here this morning. And God, we really could leave here right now and say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. And Father, I just pray you help me to, to just share some of the principles and just the heart of this message in a brief period of time this morning so that we all can hear and understand and grow thereby and be stronger Christians and stronger parents for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look at the Scripture. Teach a youth or train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. I've had tremendous discussion over this verse over my 20 plus years of ministry. Matter of fact, I remember when I was in Bible college and our theology professor, we were unpacking this verse a little bit here, and there was great theological debate on whether this verse was a promise or a principle. I mean, it went on for weeks in our class. Some guys just not, would not let it die. It didn't matter which side they were on. Someone to claim it's a principle, someone to claim it was a promise. I know you're asking me, what do you believe? Well, I believe it's both. I take it as a promise. I live it as a promise. I apply it as a promise. 
But I think there's a great principle there as well. Amen? Hello? It said, train up a child. Now look what I want you to notice. It says, teach a child, train up a child. That also can mean discipline a child. I want you to understand that Proverbs 22, 6 is just as much for the parent as it is about the child. A lot of times we look at that and we put our children there, okay, when our children are old, they'll not depart from it, but whoa, 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 there's a responsibility for the parent there. A matter of fact, it probably speaks more to the parent than it does to the child. I want you to see it says, teach a youth, train up a child, discipline a child in the way he should go. I want you to understand, I've shared this with you before, and I just want to drive it home. There's not a, a, a one pattern parenting for every child in America or even every child in your family fits all. There's no one size fits all here. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, in the way that child should go. And I think it's very important that we understand that particular portion of Scripture because all of our kids are different, are they not? I mean, I'm amazed. You can have the same DNA from the dad, the same DNA from a mother. They can conceive and have children, and you have polar opposites when they're born. Isn't that amazing sometimes to see that take place? You know, God just has a sense of humor, I guess, and, and he doesn't want us to get too comfortable in one because there's some challenges over here with another. It's completely different. But you know what? We've got to celebrate the differences and not try to put them all in one category. Right? I see parents make that mistake all the time. I see them trying to raise every single child in the same way they've raised the previous children. And that's a mistake. You're doing a huge injustice if you're trying to raise child two or three or four or five the same way you raised child one. Because they're all different. Now, I understand there's some biblical principles that are generic and that apply to everybody. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the specifics. I'm talking about the direction. I'm talking about the leading and the guiding. I'm talking about taking in, into, into account the, the personalities. I'm talking about taking into account the giftedness and the talents that God has placed into them. You've got you to gotta process all of that and bring all of that together when you're giving counsel and direction to this child. We're talking this morning about discipline and about grace. Wayne Ross, somebody's ever heard of Wayne Ross? He is a great educator. He's a great author. Uh, he works a lot in family ministry and does a lot of, um, uh, I guess, teaching on development stages of children. Let me share with you real quickly um, some of the roles of parents through these five development stages of children. And then I want to get back into Scripture and share something with you in closing. As I whittle away while I'm preaching, I'm thinking, what can I cut out? What can I cut out? I'll share this. I'll cut this. There's a whole lot of stuff going on right now in my mind. So bear with me. If I sound like I'm going everywhere, I'm trying not to keep you here till 1.30. <laughs> okay? All right, let me share these five stages with you, and I think these are important for us to understand. Stage number one is the catering stage. Now, that's from birth to about two years old. In that stage, you as a parent, you will do basically everything for your child. I mean, you're the lifeline there, okay? So in the catering stage, you're going to be doing everything in that, in that child's life from birth to about two years old. Stage number two is the controlling stage. Now, this goes from about two years old to ten years old. Now, in this stage, 
you are going to micromanage, in a good sense of the word, you're going to micromanage your child's life, your child's uh, decision-making. You're going to micromanage everything that, that has to do with that child. You're going to be very much controlling in that child's life. You're going to kind of tell them what they need to know, tell them where they need to go, tell them what needs to happen, tell them how they're going to dress, tell them how they're going to act. You're going to help shape and mold that personality and that child through that time period from about two years old to about 10. That's the controlling stage. There's a third stage that, that sometimes is very difficult for parents to get to and even the children to get into as well. That's the coaching stage. And that's from about 10 years old to about 15 years old. At this point, you start allowing your child to make some decisions on their own. Now, that's very hard for a controlling parent that wants to be in control of everything in that child's life, even all the way until they're 45, okay? I mean, sometimes it can be very difficult. You've got to understand, it's difficult on the parent, but it's also difficult, difficult on the child to come through these transitional stages. And there's no really cold heartbreak when your child turns 10, boom, it doesn't just cut off and break into a new stage. You know, there's a, there's a transition taking place, and it may take um, a couple of years even to, to transition into that. But I think, it's under, I think it's important that we as parents understand the role. You see, our roles are constantly changing with our children. How many would agree with me that you parent your college-age child a lot different than you parented them when they were in second grade? Hello? Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you're parenting differently there, okay? So there's these different stages. I think it's important that we understand those. So the coaching stage is from 10 to 15 years old. And you're letting them make some decisions. And while you're letting them make some decisions, you're letting them make some bad decisions so that you can create teaching moments for them, okay? So that you can help them grow. And so you're kind of monitoring that. Stage number four and this is from about 15 years old to the young adult stage. This is the consulting stage. And by this time, you allow your child to make the majority of his or hers decision. Now, once I said, don't, don't, don't just say, because I'm 15 now, I get in there. There's a, there's, a, there's a transition phase. There's a little overlapping that would take place here. But that's what you're moving into. And you're letting your child make most of their choices. And you're there for support. You're there for counsel. You, you've established a relationship with them. You're interacting with them. You're sharing. You're communicating. You're talking about events, places, things that are taking place. Now, that doesn't mean there are no more rules and regulations in the home. It doesn't mean there's no more guidelines. But it means you're moving into more of a consulting stage of parenting. And then the fifth stage of parenting is the caring stage. And this is where you show care and encouragement where you mentor your children, where you give counsel, where you give advice. Matter of fact, your day-to-day -day activity is pretty much done at this point. I mean, when they're young adults and they're establishing their own life and their own careers and their own family, you're no longer the initial caretaker. You're no longer controlling them. You're no longer the main coaching individual in their life. You come along more as a mentor. And you, and you do that, that caring from them from a distance. If you see something taking place, you get in, you share some wisdom, but ultimately you let them make their choices. Everybody okay? Now, I know, son, I know it's hard for people to move in and out of these. I know it is. Matter of fact, 
it's been difficult for us as parents. With our child now, our oldest, 20, going on 21, and starting his third year of college, listen, it's sometimes difficult to break those apron strings and not be the controlling parent or, or that coaching parent. We, we kinda, we're in that, that counseling stage now. Mom doesn't run down there every morning and make up his bed and clean his room. She wants to, <laughs> but she can't, right? So we're in more of that, that stage number four with, with Tyler, that, that consulting stage. I think it's important that we understand that. I think that'll take care of a lot of friction in the home. It'll help you understand your role as a parent. And by the way, matter of fact, I've worked for about two weeks on this message, and I'm not even going to share most of it with you. And I printed it all out on Friday. Saturday morning, I get up early, and I'm in my devotion time, and, and I just got out a sheet of paper, and I just started writing many more thoughts pertaining to discipline and grace and parenting. But I thought those five stages, I'm going to share this with you in just a moment. But let me real quickly, what is discipline? Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child, discipline a child, teach a child. What is discipline? Discipline lines itself up with training. When we're disciplining a child, we are training a child. The goal is to evoke responsibility from that child, not simply forcing obedience. Okay? There is a difference. We don't want them just to be obedient in the present. We want, the, we want to teach them how to become mature adults for the future and be able to be responsible, God-fearing young adults. Okay? So I want you to understand that the discipline, or uh, it, it takes more in line with, with training a child. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that he should go. Second thing about discipline Discipline is not just about consequences and confrontation. Sometimes whenever we think about discipline, we think about the negative side of it. I want, you, I want, I want to help change that philosophy in your mind. Because discipline is more than just the negative side of now you're going to face the consequences and I'm going to confront that issue and discipline's coming, honey. Now there's a time and place for that. But I want you to know that discipline is far more than just that. Okay? Discipline is far more than just that confrontation and that, that facing the consequences. We're helping our children grow to be responsible individuals. I want you to look at discipline not as something you do to your child, but something you do for your child. You're helping to grow them to be the person that God wants them to be. What is grace? Quickly moving through this. Second Peter 3.18. I want you to turn there real quickly, if you will, please. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 18. The scripture says that we are to grow in grace. Wow. Grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 3, 18. What does it say? But grow in in grace. Stop. What does it say? Grow. Let's say it together. In grace. One more time. Grow in grace. Now, I'll be honest with you. There was a time in my life when I had almost zero grace. And I hope and pray I've become more graceful. <laughs> I, ho I hope I have more grace today than I did. But it's a, it's a cardinal sin if we stand up and we applaud the fact that we have no grace. 
because we're sinning against the Word of God. The Bible says that we are to grow. Now, it's harder for some than, than others. Uh, that's kind of difficult for me. Uh, that's hard for me to grow in that area. But I have intentionally, purposefully tried my, my, my best to grow in grace. That's a command from God. And even in our parenting, we need to bring grace into the equation. We need to get away, and you've heard a lot about the, the fear-based parenting or the, the shame-based parenting. The yelling, the screaming, the, the driving down the, I don't know, the personalities, if you will. We need to get away from that. Because that really is toxic. There's nothing really healthy comes out of that in the long run. Yeah, you may get them to obey today, but I don't know that you're really helping them turn out to be the child of God or the young adult that God wants them to be in the long run. So we've got to grow in grace. And here's what I want you to understand about grace. Grace is a process, not an event. Grace is a process, not an event. I mean, it's something that we're growing in. It's becoming more of who we are. We're learning more about God's amazing and wonderful grace. I got to stop there and move on. There's six essentials that I shared, that I put in your notes for you that Jim Burns shared with us earlier this morning. Six essentials for parenting with grace and discipline. I think they're pretty important. That's why I, I topped them out there for you so you would not have to fill in blanks. So you could take that home with you and unpack it a little bit more and, in your parenting or in your family. But rules without relationships equal rebellion. Choose your battles wisely. Boy, that's a biggie. You know, there, there's no reason to fight about everything. Choose your battles wisely. And I would say this, and Jim Burns even said this, if you are going to fight a battle, number one, two things. Be sure you are right, and be sure you're going to win. Don't get in a battle where you don't know who's going to win the thing. You're not ready to fight. <laughs> it may be a battle you need to choose to overlook, okay? Choose your battles wisely. And the third thing is nagging doesn't work. Boy, just don't be a nag. Yelling crushes and shuts down your child's spirit. Don't be afraid to admit your mistakes. Guys, that's a big one. Listen, don't try to be the perfect parent because you know what? You can't fool your children. They see, they know who you are. You can't fool a child. They know. So when you make a mistake, go to them and say, I'm sorry. I reacted in the wrong way. I approached that thing with the wrong attitude and the wrong frame of mind. I was very fleshly and worldly and it hurt my ego a little bit. So pride got in there and I reacted the way I did. I'm sorry. Man, that will go a tremendously long way in your child's life. And it won't make you look weaker. It'll make you a lot stronger as a parent, okay? So I want to encourage you to do that. Don't be afraid to admit your mistakes. And then number six, clearly express your expectations. They need to know where the boundaries are. What's our job? Let me, let me share with you a little bit of my notes in closing that I just put in yesterday as I cut out the majority of that message there. There's a couple of things I want to share with you right here. In the Bible, I wish, Daryl, Paul, Mike, I, I wish, boy, I wish I could turn to chapter so-and-so, verse so-and-so, in book so-and-so, and it said, this is how you parent. But you know what? You won't find that in Scripture. Matter of fact, parenting and how we are to parent and the style that we're to use in parenting, the Bible is unusually silent in that area. 
It really is. Now, there's tremendous principles. And what the Bible does say about the parent, it tells you a little bit about your role, that you are to train, you are to teach, you're to discipline, right? It gives you the authority to do that. But as far as telling you exactly how you're to do that, and the exact pattern and style that, that you are to have in doing that, the Bible is silent there. Well, I want to encourage you with this style. I want to encourage you today, or challenge you today, to intentionally leave here today with the purpose of parenting with more grace. Parent with more grace. Remember, rules without a relationship equals rebellion. So the key is build relationships with your children, right? So what is our job? I'm sitting in my, my place of study yesterday, which was out in my garage. <laughs> I know it's not a real spiritual place, but that's where I was, okay? I was just sitting out there studying yesterday morning, and I'm thinking, what is my job as a parent? What is my job as a pastor? What is my job as a person? You see, I wish, I really wish there was a Holy Ghost hammer that I could have and that God would give me and i just whack my daughter over the head and she's filled with the fruit of the Spirit and the Holy Ghost takes over her life and she, she just exhibits the fruit of the Spirit every day. Now, don't get me wrong, she does that. No, I'm kidding. We don't all do that every day, do we? I wish I had something like that. But you know what? There's nothing like that. So what is our job as a parent? Let me, let me just read to you what I wrote down. Our job is to prepare the hearts of our children to be good ground for the seed of the gospel, which is our privilege to plant, not produce perfectly behaved children. Do I need to read that again? That's profound. That came from me. Can you believe that? Our job is to prepare the hearts of our children to be good ground for the seed of the gospel, which is our privilege to plant, not produce perfectly behaved children. It's my job to plant it. It's not my job to produce it. And many times in our parenting, we parent in a way that we're producing it. Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing this? Don't you know this is how you're supposed to behave? Don't you know this is how you're supposed to react? You see, that's parenting on the producing end. That's not my job. By the way, that's the job of who? That's the job of the Holy Spirit. It's my job to cultivate that heart, to build a relationship. I am privileged to be able to plant the seed of the gospel there and allow the Holy Spirit to take root in that child's life. And now my job is to pray and water and nurture and and expect and depend upon the Holy Spirit now to take and do His full work in a child's life to manifest the fruit of the Spirit, which we find in Galatians chapter 5, which is love, joy, peace, meekness, and so forth and so on. It's not my job to produce it. That's all I want you to get this morning. It's not your job to produce it. It's your job to cultivate the heart and plant the seed of the Word of God in your child's life and then step back and let God do His work. Let the Holy Spirit work. You see, some of you parents just need to make a disconnect. You need to get out out of your child's life so much. No, you don't understand. They can't do it if I don't... No, 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 no. 
Your job's to cultivate. Your job's to plant the seed. And who gives the increase? God. You see, sometimes I think we as parents need to back off some. We are so, we're stuck in what was it, stage two? That controlling stage? Where we want to control everything in our children's lives? Listen, there's a God in heaven that, that listen, the, the book of Psalms says he, he never sleeps, he never slumbers. Do you realize our God never takes a vacation, he never takes a day off, and he doesn't have nine to five working hours. He is always working. And get this, he loves your child more than you love your child. He's got a plan for your child. Your child's not here by accident. They're not here by mistake. I don't care how that child was conceived. It's a miracle from God that that child's even here. And they're here because he has a plan for your child. And sometimes as a parent, we just need to just back off. Get out of the way. Now, I know there's a whole bunch of mamas that probably don't like what I'm saying right there because it's so hard for mothers, and I know it is. But really, if we want our kids to be blessed, cultivate the heart. Enjoy the wonderful privilege of planting the seed of the Word of God in their life. And then back off, quit nagging, quit controlling, and let the Holy Spirit work in that child's life. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. I had lunch with Brett. Can I share a little bit of your story? I had lunch with Brett this week. He's going to be speaking here on September the 12th and sharing about his ministry. But Brett wasn't raised in church. Occasionally would be taken to church Christmas and Easter. And now he's just so on fire for God and has completely given his life to Christ over the last couple of years, four years or so, five, four years. And God is using him. I left that meeting, Brett, and I was thinking, man, even without. Now, his family loved him and his parents loved him. He'll tell, I, I, he's going to share his story. But even without that day-to-day training with the Word of God and doing this and doing that and doing that, God was still able to work and move. I guess I want to share that. He's going to share more of that September 12th. Be sure you're here for that Sunday. He's going to share more about that on September 12th. But here's what I want you to understand. We don't have to be the Holy Spirit for our children. We don't have to be that controlling individual for our child. Our best thing we can do is plant the Word, love our children, back away a little bit, and let God work in their life and lead them in the direction He wants to live. Now, I'm not saying back away like you don't care. Yeah, you're still going to be involved, but that controlling, loosen it up, guys. Is anybody with me? Let me share a few more things I pinned down. I know i got to stop. We don't need parent-centered or child-centered families. Rather, we need cross-centered families. You see, the parent-centered family where it's all about me. And bless God, you're going to do it my way in this house because it's all about me. I'm the parent. Or we don't need the child-centered fa- pa- family where it's all about the child. Oh, I- I've seen parents break their neck just to be sure the kid's happy. It's not all about the child. Neither is it all about the parent. But it is all about who? We need Christ-centered families. Not parent-centered, controlling, it's all about me. Do what I say, go where I go, do what I... Listen, that's not your role. 
Neither is it the role of a child to dictate to the family the atmosphere, the climate, the direction, and whether you will or will not do something. As a family, that's not the role either. We need Christ-centered. Maybe this is a whole sermon series of things i got right here. I believe we should extend the fruit of the Spirit to our children, not expect it or demand it. It's the Holy Spirit's job to produce it. A condition of grace for the believer is one of unquestionable relationship with the Father. A condition of grace for the believer's child should be no less. Let me back that up with some scripture. Matthew 18. You remember the scripture where the servant went before the king? And the king said, you owe me a hundred thousand talents, I think it was. And one talent, one talent was equivalent, as the scripture talks about, a denarii, one denarii. And he said, you owe me a hundred thousand talent. Pay up right now. That servant said, sir, there is no way I can pay up right now. I don't have it. I don't have it. And you know what the king said? He said, you know what? I'm just going to forgive your debt. I'm going to forgive you. Just go on. Your debt's been erased. It's been forgiven. Now, he was in extreme debt to the king. The king forgave it. What did he turn around and do? You read the story in Matthew 18. He turned around and went to someone that owed him 10 denarii. Now, you got to understand, one talent, one talent equals 10 denarii. And here he was in debt 100,000 talents. And now he's going out after one day. It would be like you being in debt $1 million to somebody, but somebody owes you a buck and you're going after that individual for a dollar. I mean, that's kind of almost what the ratio is there. I mean, it's just ridiculous amount, difference. And this servant left, and he went to that individual, and he said, pay me what you owe me now. And made him pay up, and he couldn't, and kind of brought judgment on him. Well, word got back to the king, and the king called him up and said, what are you doing? He said, look at this great debt I have forgiven you of, and you're going around there and holding someone responsible for one little nth of the debt that I forgave you of, accountable to, to them, They're making them pay it back? I guess the point is this. With our grace in parenting, we need to be forgiving. You see, our kids are going to make some mistakes. And you know what we need to do? Learn to forgive. We've been forgiven a great deal. Cultivate our relationship between us and God and cultivate our relationship with, between us and our child, child and learn to forgive them. They're going to mess up. They're going to make a mistake. But you know what? We're to love unconditionally and we're to forgive from now to Jesus comes. Last thing I'd say is that I want to encourage you to model your parenting with kindness, but yet firmness, with teaching, with correcting. That's that verbal admonishing the Scripture talks about. With respecting your child and being respected in a way that can only come from a relationship. God, you, you, we need to respect our kids. You know? Respect them. Hello? That's not too much to ask, is it? You know, especially as my kids got into their teenage years and preteens and they're in their bedrooms and things, I'd never just barge in. Never. Let's don't barge in. I respect them. And I knock on their door. Is it okay if I come in? 
I'd like to talk with you. Well, that's just respect. I mean, there's many different ways we could do that. But we need to learn to respect our kids. Guys, I told you I'd be short. I've got to stop. I'm done. Here's the only way I know to close this out. And they're going to come get a song of meditation for us to listen to. Discipline and grace. Next week we're going to be talking about blessing and legacy. And we'll finish out this whole parenting um, series. But my mind right now is literally racing a thousand different directions. And I don't know what your need is. But God does. And so I want to ask you right now as we bow our head and close our eyes, let's just have a moment, just have a time of reflection and pray as we listen to this song. Father, I pray you bless our time. Help us to be parents that exhibit grace to our children. Help us to be parents that parent in a way that's pleasing unto you. Bless our families. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois. 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.